Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 49th program in this series. In this program, I am in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, between verses 1 and 6, In the previous program, I introduced these passages and explained that this is a parable, the parable of the shepherd or the parable of the good shepherd. And what's happened is, is that there is a significant division among the people in Israel, a significant division. It's becoming more profound in terms of there being some people who believe in Jesus as the Messiah and other people who do not. The main reason why people were believing that Jesus is the Messiah was because it was the truth. That was why people were believing in Jesus. They were recognizing the miracles that he was performing, and many of the people were believing because of the miracles. But they were beginning to embrace the fact that there is truth to be found here especially when the people began to consider the discussion between the man who was born blind and he was healed and the Pharisees in the temple in Jerusalem. Through that discussion, there was a question about the truth. People were really beginning to embrace Jesus because it was true that he was the Messiah. Others were not embracing Jesus, not because they didn't believe the truth, They were not embracing Jesus as the Messiah because they did not want to endure the consequences that would likely take place in their lives if they were to believe and recognize and embrace Jesus as the legitimate Messiah. So the argument was not between what is true and what is not true. The argument was mainly a matter of what is true, and what will be the consequences if we acknowledge that this is true. Now, a result of this discussion that took place in the temple between the man who was healed and the religious leaders, there were a lot of people who were beginning to question the legitimacy of the religious leaders. So Jesus followed up with this division and this recognition that the truth does matter. He followed up with this, and he presented a parable to the people. He spoke parabolically about this issue and that there needs to be a division between himself and the other religious leaders. So he presents this parable to separate himself from all of the other leaders there in Israel to state that he is unique that he is different, and that they had better take him seriously. He is recognized as the sole legitimate shepherd of the people, the exclusive 
shepherd, the representative of the living God, and no one else. There is no one else who can take a position similar to that. Before that, there were many rabbis, there were many teachers, there were many people who were recognized to be shepherds among the community. And so people recognized the legitimacy of many of the religious leaders. You could say that you were a student or a disciple of one or the other, and this was considered to be acceptable. But Jesus asserts exclusivity. He asserts the fact that he is exclusive, that he is the one and the only one. And this was unique. And he does this within this parable. Through this parable, we can also learn a lot about the kind of relationship that he would like us to have with him. In John chapter 10, verse 3, it says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And at the end of the previous program, I explained this verse in the sense that he genuinely wants us to know his voice and to hear his voice and to learn from him that he wants people to listen to what he has to say and to genuinely believe what he has to say because he is expressing the truth. He went on and he said, and he calls his own sheep by name to express the fact that he wants an individual relationship with people. He wants it to be individual, to be in effect on a first name basis with each and every one of his people. And he leads them out, which is to say that he is going to lead people individually. He can lead people collectively as well. He certainly is free to do that. He's not saying that he won't do that. But in this context, he is asserting that he is the shepherd of all of the people of God, the legitimate true people of God, and that he has an individual relationship with each and every one of them, speaking to them by name and leading them by name as an individual. And this is unique because the collective relationship that was defined by the Old Covenant was something that the people were trying to maintain, that the leaders, the religious leaders at that time, they were trying to govern the entire nation, the entire group of people. They were wanting to establish and maintain a relationship with people from the priesthood to the general population. Certainly there were individual rabbis, there were individual people who had individual relationships, there was a lot of that. But because of the recognition of the many rabbis, the many people, and the acceptance of the many people, there was not a division, not a distinctive division between the rabbis like there is between everyone and Jesus there was still a significant emphasis on the collective, on the community, on the nation as a whole, that everyone would participate in something that was close enough that there would not be a significant division among the people. But with Jesus, the division is quite clear. It is quite obvious. 
in verse 4. This is John chapter 10, verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Jesus genuinely wants us to know his voice. This is very important to him. And to know his voice is an individual experience. That is an individual experience that we have between us and our God as we listen to him over a period of time, as we are attentive to him, as we learn from him. As an example, when we study through the scriptures and he speaks to us in the core of our being and gives us divine revelation concerning what we see, what we read, what we understand. He speaks to us in a way that we will know that it is he who is speaking to us and revealing truth to us. A little bit at a time, as we grow and mature, we discover more and more of the truth of God. And this happens in the depths of our being, in our spirit. And as this takes place, we will begin to identify the voice of God in this sense. It is a spiritual connection that I can only testify of. I cannot teach anyone how to hear his voice. I can only testify of the existence, and you must pursue this on your own. But I want you to see at the end of verse 4 that Jesus genuinely wants people to know him, to know his voice, to follow him when he calls upon them, knowing that he is going to be going out in front that he wants them, he wants us, to follow him into the adventures of life, into the ministry of the gospel, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God as he reaches out to people, that they may be encouraged to turn to him, to surrender to him, to embrace the covenant that is in effect to be born again by the Spirit of God and begin to know Him just as others know Him. In verse 5, John chapter 10, verse 5, Jesus becomes much more aggressive about defining this separation between Himself and the other religious leaders. In verse 5, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, in speaking about this parabolically, there were a lot of religious leaders who were there. But just as the man who was born blind and healed of his blindness, he went into the temple and he heard the voice of the religious leaders as he spoke with them about what happened to him, about what Jesus did for him, he recognized that these people are not worth listening to, that these people are not legitimate representatives of the living God. And this is a way to describe them being strangers, that they are not true, legitimate representatives of God. They are not to be recognized as shepherds over the people of God at all. They were asserting themselves 
in that context. But because they were not willing to embrace the truth, those who are of the truth will consider these people to be as strangers. They are strangers to the truth. And so their voice is not going to be recognized because they are not speaking the truth. What do you do with people like this? You flee from them. Now, in the context of this parable that Jesus is presenting, the religious leaders kick this guy out of the temple, cast him out of the synagogue. They removed him. They told him to go away. But Jesus is reframing this situation and saying, you shouldn't be waiting for them to kick you out, to cast you out, to remove you. Instead, you should be the one who flees from them. So have confidence. Have courage. He's indirectly speaking to the people openly, in public, telling them, look, don't wait around for these religious leaders to reject you because you believe in me as the representative of God, as the true shepherd of God. Don't wait around for that. Flee from these people. Leave these people. Abandon these people. What are you doing waiting for them to reject you? You know that they are going to reject you. There's no reason to stick around. Recognize that these supposed shepherds are not the legitimate shepherds of God. Recognize that and leave. Flee. That's what you should do. Embrace the true shepherd and grow in your relationship with him on a first name basis With him, there is only one shepherd, folks. There's only one. That is Jesus himself. And he wants you to listen to him. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to be available so that when he opens the door and he calls your name, you follow him and he'll go right out in front and lead the charge. He will. And you go right along with him with great confidence that you have been called upon by the true and living God to be a participant in something related to his work. And he wants you to be a part of it. So go with him. Absolutely go with him. Be led personally by the true shepherd of God. And if there's anyone else who dares interfere, who dares to get in the way, who suggests that maybe you're not ready, you know, you're just, you don't seem to be ready, not to their satisfaction. You flee from these people. If there's anyone who suggests that you need to grow more in your faith or you need to learn how to be more submissive to your religious leader, whoever he may be or she may be, whoever they are, you reject this, you deny this, you embrace what your God is directing you to do, and you flee from all others. In verse 6, it says that Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things 
which he spoke to them. And today it's the same thing. I can tell people about this. I can tell you about this. But it's not unusual for people to really struggle with this because they've grown up their entire lives believing that there are these religious leaders who are the shepherds of their life, who lead the charge, and you follow them, and you listen to them, and you believe them, and you do whatever it is that they tell you to do. Now, I don't want to discourage you from participating in a church and participating in the lives of others and joining together and being a part of a leader, a religious leader who's leading the charge and joining with them. But you only do that if the Lord Jesus directs you to do so. If he does not direct you to do so, you are, of course, free to decide on your own. And I'm confident that the Lord will bless that in many ways. But if he tells you not to participate, then you don't participate. That is good. That is right. So this was a struggle back then, and it is a struggle right now because there are so many supposed shepherds. These supposed shepherds are not telling the people about the importance of recognizing the true shepherd, the importance of listening to him and that whatever he guides them to do is to always have preeminence over anything and anyone. Instead, even today, there are many people who assert themselves as the shepherds over the flock, who relate to the people as if they are the ones who define what Jesus is saying to them. And when they do that, that is definitely out of bounds. That is beyond the scope of what is acceptable in terms of how our God has defined the new covenant. Now, the way that Jesus describes these folks is he describes these people as robbers and thieves. He will also be describing them as hirelings, But between verses 1 and 6, he's just referring to them as robbers and thieves. Now, to understand this, you have to understand the fact that everyone on this planet belongs to God. Now, you don't want to make too many assumptions about what that might imply. But I do need to assert, I do need to express the truth that if you are on this planet, you are his. You really are, whether you like it or not, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, whether you believe in him or not, this is his planet. And he is the creator who has created all things and all people. And he is also the one who can decide if he will destroy everything. He is the one who can decide who may live and who may die. He has that power. He has that authority. And so on this basis, I think it's reasonable for people to accept this as reality, that everyone belongs to him. Everyone is his property. Everyone is his possession in that context. But he certainly has allowed people the freedom to choose if they want to be a part of his kingdom through eternity 
or if they would like to reject him. And so when they are no longer a part of this planet, of this world, he has somewhere else where he can put them and they will be forgotten. But in the overall context, I want you to understand that everyone does, in a sense, belong to God. And everyone would be considered to be the sheep of God. Everyone is a sheep. But it turns out that there are many sheep who intentionally decide to reject the true shepherd. And so Jesus acknowledges this by stating that there are people who are his sheep and there are others who are not his sheep. And that's because of their decision. It's not because he created all these people and said, okay, out of all of these people, I have decided that only 6% of the people are my sheep or maybe 60% of the people are my sheep and the rest of them, I have created them and I have defined them in a way so they definitely are not my sheep. There are people who want to believe things like this, but I don't see this anywhere in the scriptures at all. I really don't. I see that God has defined specific criteria concerning the kinds of people who he wants in his life. He has made that known. So those who are willing to accept that, those who are willing to surrender to that definition, to embrace that, to recognize the truth of who they are and who he is, those are the people who meet the criteria who can then be defined as his sheep. And those who reject that, they simply are not. Now, of those people who are sheep, those sheep who either accept him or reject him, of the sheep, there are some of these sheep who decide that they want to be a shepherd. And there could very well be some who are legitimate sheep of Jesus, who are genuine believers and out of great sincerity they want to participate in the things of God and they want to be the role of a shepherd. There is great hazard with this, though, because it's easy for a shepherd in this context to forget the true shepherd, the real shepherd, and he may forget to direct his people who are listening to him to the true shepherd. He may forget to do that. This happens a lot. And this is unfortunate. But as Jesus is describing the differences between himself and the shepherds of that time, he was mainly referring to the religious leaders who were no different than any of the other sheep there at that time who were trying to establish themselves as shepherds over the flock, shepherds over the people of Israel. And they were wanting to do so under the context of the Old Covenant, under the context of the Mosaic Law. And they were going out of bounds in the sense that not only were they wanting people to follow the Law of Moses, but they were wanting people to follow their own laws. The laws of the religious leaders that were being defined by them to create a lifestyle so that you would never come within the boundaries of violating the Mosaic Law. And so through this infrastructure, through this theology, 
that the religious leaders had created concerning the additional laws that you are to live by, in addition to the laws of Moses. This was a way that the leaders were going further and further out of bounds, defining themselves as unique shepherds who were above and beyond the law of Moses, that this was making them distinct from the true shepherd because they were defining additional laws. When you assert additional laws that God did not define, you are presenting yourself as a false shepherd. That was what was going on at this time. During the time that we live in right now, there will be some of that. And that is a way to define a false shepherd today. But that's a bigger topic, a bigger subject. I'm only mentioning this and so that you might be able to relate to this personally from your own experiences that you have had that could very well be similar to the experiences that the people were having at the time when Jesus was conducting his ministry. And I will continue with this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 49th program in the verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. In this program, I was in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 5 through 6. In this program, I spent some time introducing an explanation of what Jesus would be referring to when it came to robbers and thieves. What he was stating was that he was the true shepherd, and that if there was anyone who was presenting something different than what God defined— then those differences would draw people away from God and towards those people establishing these new definitions. And the people were the religious leaders there in Israel at this time. And so Jesus defines the religious leaders as robbers and thieves of God, and he, Jesus, is the true shepherd. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,